Hi, I'm Arizona Muse. I'm really happy to be recording this podcast right now for COP26. I'm here to talk about why I believe women need to be equally represented at the table at COP and why this will change the discussion for the better. I'm an activist and I'm a model. I've seen the industry of fashion from the inside for the last more than a decade, actually. This, I think, is what spurred my activism and my sustainability journey is what I like to call it. I realized that I must know, I needed to know, it's my responsibility to know what the clothes are made of that I'm working in and who made them and what is their story. Understanding this story is what brought me on the most interesting journey of my life. I now have so much more fun than I used to. And my life is filled with the most interesting people, the most rich conversations. Most of the people around me are women and always have been. Fashion is filled with women. Activism and sustainability and the climate change movement is also filled with women. I don't know exactly why this is from a data perspective or statistics perspective, but to me on a personal level, it seems pretty obvious. Women are extremely sensitive and clever and powerful, and by nature we're humble. But I think that this is more than just by nature. I think that society has conditioned us to believe it's okay to be humble. That being in service to our children, to our partners, to our communities is admirable. I think that conversely, society has been conditioning men to believe that that's not admirable behavior for a man. This is dangerous and sad because men then grow up thinking that to be humble and feeling that to be humble is beneath them. And they operate from a status quo of needing to be heard, needing to be the loudest voice at the table. The decisions that men make will be driven by this desire to be first, to be competitive, to win, to work out of community in individualism and to work for oneself. When women's voices are heard at the table, it often is the case that women are thinking differently from a different point of view that includes community, that includes everybody, that doesn't focus on the shiniest thing, but focuses on the most necessary thing. Women tend to be more capable of understanding something from somebody else's point of view or from standing in someone else's shoes. I'll take one example. My activism led me to learn everything I could about fashion, the supply chain of fashion, who made the clothes, where they were from, what the materials used, what materials were used to process those materials, where the chemicals came from, everything. And then I broadened out and I learned that pretty much everything is grown. Everything we use comes from agriculture, comes from farms. And there's one example in farming that I'd like to use here, which is that male farmers tend to make different decisions than female farmers about their farms. Female farmers will prioritize animal welfare. They might spend money planting a tree so that cows can have some shade in the summer and be more comfortable. 
that tree in turn will have a vast root system that will absorb a lot of water and prevent runoff and flooding in her field. That tree will provide a home for birds and insects to live together and pollinate and fertilize soil. This one decision might change the micro life on the farm, in the air and in the soil and in the water. Male farmers tend to prioritize purchases of bigger machinery. This is just because they like it. There's nothing wrong with that on a fundamental level. But when you apply that thinking and these desires and these likes to a farm and to nature, that becomes damaging. If you think about it through the lens only of what machinery do I want, rather than how can I support this land? Heavy machinery, compact soil, makes it difficult for oxygen and water to flow through it. And then the microbial life and the enzyme life and the fungal life will die if they're not aerated and their thirst is not quenched properly. There are millions of examples where women and men will make different decisions. It is important to have them both. And please, I urge you to have them both at COP26 this year in Glasgow. It's almost too late to get all these voices at the table. It's shocking to me that in 2021, we still don't have them by default. So let's change this please as rapidly as possible for the sake of women, but for the sake of everybody, for the sake of our daughters growing up, watching a world where men still rule the place. That doesn't give them a healthy image of what life and community should be like. Thank you for listening to my take on what COP26 could be like if women's voices were equally heard. I'd like to finish by painting one picture that I like to think of quite often because if women's voices are to be heard around a boardroom table or at COP26, it's really difficult if they're trying to push their way in to seats that are already taken by men. What about instead inviting men into the home to be with their children, to make that an admirable aspiration for men so that they desire to leave those seats at the boardroom table and at COP26 and other global events so that women can come into those seats without having to push their way in, without having to feel like they've stolen somebody else's place or without their neighbors feeling like that place was stolen. The seat at the table can be given, but we also need to encourage the voices of women to be heard and to be eager to hear their voices. How differently will they speak if they know that their audience is eager to hear what they wanna say?